Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Kind of share a quick word with you, but for those of you who are new, my name is Jesse, and I get the uh, privilege and honor to pastor our kids and our youth here at Love City Church, and they're so fun to hang out with, and it's been really cool to see how God has been moving in our kids' church throughout this fall. It's been so cool to see just how kids are worshiping like they've never worshiped before. They're giving up their whole hearts. They're raising their hands. They're singing to the top of their lungs. Kids come in excited, and they invite their friends. Their youth come in excited, invite their friends to come and hear about Jesus. And we've even got kids who are just so excited to just share the love of Jesus. They're like, where can we help? Where can we serve? I want to volunteer. And it's like, we've got so many junior helpers. I feel like I could just give them the kids ministry. I'm like, here you go, guys. Have fun. No, no, no. Um, But there was one Sunday, Kanang was in the second service with the nursery and three girls were just so eager to help. I couldn't say no. I was like, oh, I'm going to like squish your little hearts if I say no. So I said, okay, you can go in there. And there was one baby in there. And these three girls are like, hey, how's it going? Oh, you need this? Oh, are you hungry? Do you go to the bathroom? And like all these three girls are swarming this one little baby. And Kanang was just sitting there in the big armchair, just like, okay, I get to have a nap. So if you want to have a nap in a service, serve a nursery. We got you. (laughs) No, but it's super fun to see just the excitement and the heart that God is building and the atmosphere that God is building in our kids. That's my one little plug. Now I'll keep going. So and I, so my kind of goal today with Generations or Family Fun Day Sunday is to be able to kind of share with you guys what we've been learning in kids' church this month and then kind of take what has been happening in the adult service and to just kind of bring them together a little bit because we've been learning about similar things. So... This um, month in October in Kids Church, we've been learning about how we're all custom creations and how God made us all individually. There's only one you. And that when we discover who we're meant to be, we'll actually be able to know how we can make an impact in the world around us. And I really like this idea that we've been talking about in kids is that if we know who we are and we discover who we are, then we'll know how we can impact the world around us. Then we'll know what we can do because we know who we are and how God made us. So our who has to come before and is the foundation for what we do. And so as we've been talking about in this gifted series in the adult church, we've been talking about spiritual gifts and how we can serve each other and our community and how we can start to step out in the gifts that God has given us to do something to impact the community and the world around us. But I don't know about about you guys, but when I start to hear and talk about spiritual gifts, there becomes this little bit of pressure that's like, okay, I got to go do something. Like, where do I go? Where do I serve? And that's awesome because we want you to serve and we we want you to go. But we can start to formulate this pressure that like, hey, I have to make this gift happen. You know, I have to muster the energy and the ability and the power in my life to go and do it, to go and serve and go and impact. But the thing is, is that... If we function at this place of doing first, we're actually not going to be effective in what we do. And so before we let what we do define who we are, we have to let our who, so who God made us to be, be the foundation and the driving force for what we do. So that kind of begs the question, who are we created to be? 
Who are you created to be? In Kids Church, we learned about in our first week, this big idea is that you are made in God's image. We are made in God's image. And it's just this truth that we are made in God's image that is the foundation and the driving force for what we do in our life and how we exercise our spiritual gifts. So in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says this. God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So it says it like four times, but just in case you didn't get it, God created us in his image. Let's do it together. God created us in his image. Come on, so good. So there's this truth that we see. God created us in his image. And if we jump back to Genesis 1.26, there's this word. The first word image here is the Hebrew word that means to be a pattern or an example of something. So it's literally a 3D model or representation of something. Kind of like you know those... Um, Wallace and Gromit, like little cartoon anime movies, they have this idea of a character and they make a 3D representation of who they're trying to portray. Yeah, yeah, so it's the same thing with us. So when God makes us in his image, he's saying that we are the 3D sculptures or representations of who he is. We are created after his pattern and after his example. And then the second word here, when God says that he made us in his likeness, this word uh, means it's that which has similarity to something. So God made us to be similar to him. He made us to be just like him. We're, we're, we're called and we're created to be just like who he is in his character, in his nature, and how he functions. We too are supposed to be similar to that. So we are to be similar to God in how we function in our nature, in our character, and how we um, interact with the world around us. But what's cool about this word likeness is it also means that which is seen. So we know that our God is unseen. Our God is eternal and big, and we don't know how vast and how huge he is. But we are to be the seen part of God, that when people see us, they're not just seeing us. They're seeing who God is. They're seeing his goodness and his nature and his character and, and how God would interact in the world. So we are to be the seen 3D representations of who God is on the earth. So if, if it were to be like this, I have a handsome helper to come and help me with this next part. Come on. First service, we spilled it all over the stage, so let's pray it doesn't happen this time. A little bit more balance. I'm allowed to call him handsome. He's my husband. Okay. So if it were like this, um, if God were the most ultimate ice cream sundae ever, I'd picture he'd look something like this. Wait for it. It's going to come. Ah, there it is. So it looks something like this. You've got every single good thing you could have in an ice cream sundae in this sundae, right? You've got the Smarties, the sprinkle, the chocolate sauce, caramel sauce. Hello, my favorite part. You got chocolate ice cream, whipped cream, vanilla ice cream. You got all the good stuff. That's like the ultimate ice cream sundae. And so now what God does when he makes us in his image is he starts out 
with the very foundation of who we are. So just like the, without ice cream, there'd be no ice cream sundae. That would be the worst thing to eat ever, be like just eating a pile of Smarties, which I guess some people like to do. But So here we've got our ice cream, which is the basic foundation of what it means to be an ice cream sundae. So just like that, God makes us with the foundation of what it means to be human, to be able to breathe and think and reason and have, be able to have relationship with each other and with God. So God creates just the basic foundation of who we are. But then the cool thing is, is he doesn't just leave us there. As he starts to add his attributes, his character, and his nature into our lives to make us just like the best Sunday ever. So this is what he does. <clears throat> we'll do this. Oh, we'll start with his love because everybody loves a little love. So God starts with his love. There we go. And he puts some of his love in our lives just like that. It's starting to get a little better, right? And then he starts with his, wi his wisdom, and he's pretty smart, so he wants I us to be wise and pretty smart. M maybe we'll add some around every single, and we'll add some extra. <laughs> just kidding. I'm allergic to dairy, so that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> okay, so we've got God's love, his wisdom, and then he's gonna, sp he's gonna say, you know what, I want this person to also have some of my peace. So we'll put some peace in there. Starting to look kind of like that ultimate ice cream sundae, hey? And then he's like, okay, but maybe with this person, well, we'll add some goodness on top because that's good. Yeah, so good. Okay, and then in this person, he's like, okay, this person, I'm going to add some goodness. Some of my goodness too. Then I'm also going to add some of my righteousness because God is righteous. So he's like, okay, this person, I want them to be righteous like I am. And then, you know what? We'll also give him some peace. Everybody needs some peace in these days, right? The world's crazy. Maybe a little extra in this guy. <laughs> okay. And then what God does, because toppings are the best part, he's like, okay, hey, I'm going to add some of my joy. I'm just going to finish it off with some of my joy in this person. Maybe a little bit over here. Boom. A little bit extra joy. Boom. So just like we're all made different, but we're all still made in the image of God. Every single one of us can have and represent the very attributes and character of who God is. And this is how he created us to be, to be people that when they look at us, just like when you look at these Sundays, you kind of catch a glimpse of what the ultimate Sunday would look like, right? And so when people look at us, they are to catch a glimpse of who God is, who the person is that has every single good thing and that nothing can compare to him. And he's got all the best stuff in him. When people look at us, they're to catch just a picture of who God is. So that's who God made us to be. We are made to be in his image. And then what happens is, is because we're made in his image, Genesis 1 verse 31 says that after God saw that everything he had made, all of creation, he said it was very good. So everything before man was good, but there's something about man that makes all of creation very good. And it's just this fact that we as humans are created in his image. We're the crowning jewel of all creation. God's best, like, hurrah, is in us. And so we have intrinsic and infinite value and worth simply because of who we are, not because of what we do. Humanity hasn't done anything before God proclaimed them very good. Simply because of who he made us to be, that means that we're very good, that we have value and worth. Psalm chapter 139 verse 14 also says it this way. He, the psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
So come on, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this context of this verse, the psalmist is going throughout this idea and praising God for the fact that he was involved in knitting the psalmist together in his mother's womb, that God was present and he was putting every single part of who he was right where it needed to be. And then he says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now I'll praise you for that. So the word fearfully here, the Hebrew word means to have a deep respect and reverence for. That means that when God was making you, he was in awe of you. He had a deep respect for the work that he was doing in creating you in your mom's womb, which is cool because the Bible says that we are to fear God. We are to have a deep respect and reverence for who God is, and we're not to approach him carelessly or mindlessly, but we're to be careful and respectful and say, God, this is who you are. I'm not just going to come in flippantly, but I'm going to come in and respect who you are. And I think it's so cool that just how we are to fear God, God created us fearfully. He respects the work that he has done in making us. He wasn't careless. He wasn't flippant, but he was careful, and he took attention to every single little detail and in how he made you. We're not accidental or by chance or just the result of whatever strings we got in life, whatever hands or cards were dealt to us. We were made on purpose. We were made intentionally, and God was very careful and respectful in, what, in how he made us. The second word here is wonderfully. So we were made fearfully, and we were made wonderfully. And this Hebrew word here means to be set apart. So when he made you, he set you apart from anything and anyone else. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen people when you're at the restaurant, and they start taking pictures of their food. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why don't you just eat it and enjoy it? But you're taking pictures and getting the right angle. And like, ooh, ah. You know, just like being, <laughs> just trying to catch, capture a picture of their food. But it's because to them, that dish is Insta-worthy, right? It's not like any other food that they've ever had or seen before. But they want to set it apart by putting it on, the, taking a picture and putting it on their social media platform and sharing with the world that this food is exceptional, they're setting apart from any other food or any other place that they've ever been. And so just like that, when God looks at us and when he created us, he created us Insta-worthy. If God had an Instagram account, all of our faces would be like there and here and everywhere. And he'd be like, this person's awesome. Go see this person. Go check this one out. Because he's made us just simply set apart. There's, there's no one that can compare to you. You are set apart. You are valued. You are worthy. You are carefully made. And God just wants to honor you and celebrate you because he made you. He loves you. Each one of us here have deep value and worth to God simply because he made us to be us. I want you to hear, hear that today. You have deep value and worth to God because he made you to be you. So us being made in the image of God gives us value and worth, but we also see in Genesis that it also gives us purpose. So if we go back to Genesis 126, um, the Bible says that God says that he made us in his image. Oh, there it is. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea. So here we have, we, here we have it. Man was made in, his, in, in the image of God, but man was also called to have an impact in the world around him. They were to do something with the image of God that was in them. They were to show and spread God's love and kindness and mercy and all the aspects of who God is to everything and everyone around them so it could impact and change the whole world. 
And we see in this word rule here, when somebody rules, you obviously think that they have an authority and ability to do something, to affect change. And so the, uh, Adam and Eve and mankind, we only have the authority and the ability to change the world and to rule over creation and to impact the world with God's goodness because we're made in his image. And this word so that shows us that is that, is that this has to happen. Us being made in, in his image, here we go, us being made in the image of God has to happen in order to rule in order to affect change. If we're not made in God's image, we cannot rule. We cannot affect change. We cannot have the authority or the ability to change the world with the gifts that God has given us. So the so that is key. What God was calling them to do could only come from who God had made them to be. And so wouldn't it be nice if the story stopped there? If Adam and Eve had carried out what God had called them to do and they impacted change and they changed the whole world and everything came under the sovereignty of God and the world was just good and that's the end. That would be pretty awesome, right? I live in a world like that. But we know that that's not the end of the story. The story doesn't stop there and this is where sin comes in. Sin, the big mess maker, comes into the story And so if you don't know the story, Adam and Eve, God had given them one rule, not to eat of the tree of fruit and good and evil. But Adam and Eve decided to disobey that rule, and they ate of the fruit. And what happens in this moment of disobedience is that man makes a choice to stop focusing on God, and he chooses to focus on himself. Instead of walking in obedience and only bearing the image of God, man chooses to create his own image based off of his own wants and desires and what feels good to him. And so in doing so, in choosing himself over God, man steps out of God's image and chose to live out of his own self-image. And then when that happens, there's nasty effects on the rest of humanity. Because instead of experiencing all of God's goodness and mercy and kindness, all of the good things about God, and being defined by who he is, and being able to walk in the authority and the ability that God had given us, man started to experience death, chaos, destruction, and the Bible says that they would toil even just to live and get what they needed every single day. Life would be hard. So if we're going to show it on our ice cream sundays, this is kind of what it would look like. I'll grab some extra goodies over here. Oh, here we go. So instead of being defined by all of God's goodness, like we see here, and we see, we can just clearly see his love and peace and goodness and righteousness and joy, instead of that being the forefront and the focus on our lives, what happens is when we stepped into our own self-image, our life began to be defined by selfishness. We'll go with this one. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, (laughs) pretty sick. Okay, and then we start to be defined by our own anxieties. Put anxiety in this person. God's image is getting pretty hard to see, hey? Nobody wants to eat that anymore. Oh, there it is. We also start to be defined by our own insecurity. Oh, one of the Sundays is bubbling. That's so gross. (laughs) Okay, so we got some insecurity on there. Oh, we start to be defined by our addictions and the evil and sinful patterns in our world that, or in our lives that we just can't quite give up. Okay, so here we are. What was once created to reflect the image of God 
Oops, there's one more. <laughs> there's one more thing we're defined by. <laughs> jealousy. We're defined by our own jealousy and wanting to be better than anybody else, wanting to have what other people have. And here we are. What was once made to reflect the image of God is now a big mess. And just like these Sundays were made for once for people to enjoy and to see the image and what the ultimate Sunday would look like and enjoy it, now it's just a mess. Nobody would want to eat that. Anybody, anybody want to eat that here? Any takers? <laughs> no? All of them are like, this guy, this guy. And they're like, no, <laughs> not me. Yeah, nobody would want to eat that, right? Nobody would want to enjoy it. So here's what happens is our life begins to be defined by this big mess and how we can't carry out the purpose that God has called us to do. We can't exercise and walk in the authority or the ability to change the world because all people see is mess. All we define ourselves by is mess. This is it. And so even though there's a very real mess on the surface, what's important to know is that deep down, we're still made in the image of God, right? God's image is still in there. Just because there's a mess on top doesn't mean who we are is a mess. It means that who we are deep down is, is made in the image of God. But we can just all know that this mess takes the focus off of God. And if we stay in this mess, we can't be who God created us to be. We can't do what God has called us to do because our life is just a mess. We can't walk in the authority or the ability to change the world, or we can't start using our spiritual gifts because this mess limits us, and we think that there's no more than just the mess because that's all we see. So what about the mess? What do we do to clean it up? And there's only one way to clean up the effects of sin in our life. There's nothing I could do to this Sunday that would get all the ketchup and relish and other sauces and hot sauce and olive juice out of there. I can't do it. I don't want to eat it to get it out. That would be gross. So I can't separate the mess from what was intended to be there in the first place. And there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. And this is what we learned in Kids Church a few weeks ago, is that knowing Jesus changes how you see yourself. It changes how others may see you. It changes who you are because without Jesus, we're defined by the mess and the sin in our lives and we can't move past it. There's nothing we can do to get rid of it. But when we meet Jesus and when we know Jesus, it changes how we see ourselves. So we no longer see the mess, but we can start to see and receive God's image in us. And so this is the cool thing about Jesus is that Jesus doesn't just look at us and sees the mess. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. Jesus sees the image of God in us. And his desire is to restore and to renew and bring back to the surface who God created us to be and who we are in the image of God. And we see this happen in the life of the disciples. We, we would think that if Jesus is perfect and had never sinned, he'd want to be with the people who were probably as close to the image of God as possible, right? Maybe just a little bit of mess, but you can mostly see God's image in them. But we know that this isn't what he did. Jesus took the weakest, the lowliest, the most rejected in people in society and invited them to come and be with him. He invited the people with the biggest mess to come and be in relationship with him so they could be made new in his presence. And we see this in the disciple Simon. Simon, before he met Jesus, he was a poor fisherman. He had no future. 
He struggled to provide for his family. All he, know, all he knew was boat, fish, sell, sell, eat, repeat. He was stuck in the mundane cycle of every single day, just trying to make by and struggling to just live. Okay, and so his name, Simon, in the Greek, it actually means, it's the word reed. And when we think of a reed, we think of an image and we see somebody who's weak, somebody who's insecure, somebody who is just influenced by all the circumstances around them, who can't affect change, but is the change E. Whatever happens in life just kind of changes him and he kind of goes with it. In his own self-image, Peter was weak. He was insignificant. He was unable to influence or affect any change. And he was at the mercy of whatever life threw at him. He was powerless. This is who Simon saw himself as. That was his self-image. But then Jesus invites Simon to come and follow him and to do life with him. And Simon says, yes. He says, okay, Jesus, I don't see how I could do anything bigger than this, but I'll come follow you and I'll come see where it goes. And then one day, Jesus was asking his disciples who they thought he was. They were like, guys, all these people have all these opinions about me, but who do you say that I am? Some of his disciples said, oh, you're just a good person, like John the Baptist. Some people said, maybe you're one of the prophets, like they talked about in the Old Testament. And all of them were kind of just like, well, we don't really know. But then Simon, he had a personal revelation of who Jesus was. And this is what he said. Peter said that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the promised Savior. He was the Son of the Most High God. And after Peter had saw who Jesus was and believed that this was really who Jesus was, as that he was the Son of God, he was the Savior of the world, this is what Jesus says to him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, Now I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So the man in his moment of belief in Jesus, the man who was once Simon, who was weak and insecure, is now Peter. And this Peter in, in the Greek language, it's, it's the name that means rock or little rock. And what's cool is, is that this isn't just a new identity just for Peter created out of nowhere, but this is a name that reflects the very image and nature and character of God. We see it in Psalm chapter 18. It says that the Lord is my rock right there. He is my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock. In Isaiah chapter 26, it says that the Lord is forever. The Lord himself is the rock eternal. God is the rock. Peter is the little rock. In this moment of belief, Peter was made new in who he was. He wasn't a Peter out of his own self-image who was weak and insecure, but he was now made a Peter, made anew in God's image as the rock. And it was only in this new image that Jesus could give him the authority and the ability to do what Peter could never have done in his own life or on his own. We see that because Jesus said right after he called him Peter, he says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Peter was now going to be a world changer. He was going to build the church of Jesus Christ. A little fisherman who couldn't get out of the rut of every day was now going to be a somebody who would change the world for the kingdom of God. That's pretty cool. And calling him Peter, Jesus gives him the authority and the ability to change the world simply because of who he is now. Simply because he was made in the image of God. And so this is what Jesus does. Jesus take this, takes his old self-image 
impacted by sin and that's just a mess and he restores and redeems God's image in us. He makes us new again so that we can reflect the image of God. We can show the world all of God's goodness and all of God's mercy and kindness or whoever he created you to be so that we can walk in the authority and the ability to change the world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. So just like Peter, Peter, we have to believe. It can only take faith. It's the gift of God. It's not by works. So we can't do anything ourselves to clean up our mess and to change who we are so that no one can boast. And then here's where it gets good. He says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the truth. In Jesus, we're made new. We're made new so we can go and impact the world. We're made new so we can go and walk in the authority and the ability to, to use our spiritual gifts to change the world around us and so that the world can see who God is in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. We're made new in Jesus. The old self-image, the one impacted by sin and the one that's a big mess is gone. We're made new. We're giving a new image, made in the image of Jesus and sons, as sons and daughters of the God Most High King so that all of us now can go and change the world. We can go and be who the people he created us to be and do what he has called us to do all because we believe in Jesus and all because that's what Jesus wants to do and it's his gift to us to be made new in the image of God. All right, I'm gonna ask you guys to stand to your feet. We're gonna take a moment and pray and I want everybody to kind of close your eyes today. And I don't know where you guys are, where you've been or where your story is, but I know a lot of us can get stuck in the, in the mess, in the mess of sin and we can just focus on who we are in our old life or who the self-image is and we think that that's all we can be. There's no future, there's no hope, I'm just a mess. I'm gonna go through the motions. Maybe there's an answer, but I don't really think so. And whether you know Jesus or not, we all have this mess. And Jesus wants to come today, and he wants to make you new. He wants to come and do a work in you to redeem and renew God's image in you today. He wants to give you fresh value, fresh worth, fresh purpose to be who, you've, um, who he's created you to be and to do what he's called you to do. So with every eye closed right now, I'm just going to ask if you're here and, and maybe you, you know Jesus, but you've still been allowing yourself to be defined by the mess. And you're like, no, it's no longer. I want to be made new in Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus and you have had this mess and you've been looking for a way out. I want to tell you today that Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the one who can make you new. So with every eye closed today, nobody's looking around. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus so he can make you new, or if you want to re-give your life to Jesus so he can make you new, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Nobody's looking. It's just a moment between you and the Lord right now. Come on. Come on, guys, that's so good. I'm, I'm going to pray for you guys today, and, and if this is you, um, there's going to be some people back at the back who can pray for you. Um, we're going to sing a last song, but, but let me pray for you real quick. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. 
I thank you, God, that you are for us. I thank you, Jesus, that even though we're all a big mess, you can come and make us new. That we don't have to live defined and limited by the mistakes, the regrets, or whatever we have in our, in our baggage, Lord God, or have that's kind of stopping your image from flowing out of us, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you have grace and mercy for us and that you want to make us new today. And so, church, we're going to pray this prayer all together. And if you lifted your hand, I would encourage you to pray this prayer with us. So everybody's going to be saying it. So here we go. Dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you want to make me new. So today, I give you my mess. I give you the sin, the struggle, my own self-image, and I invite you to make me new. I believe that you are Lord, and I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.